Hello, and welcome to another episode of Lie, Cheat, and Steal. We are a bi-monthly podcast about liars, frauds, thieves, and bullshitters. If you like what you hear, you can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and uh, YouTube. We're at Lie, Cheat, Steal Podcast. And go ahead and leave us a five-star rating and review. Smash all the like buttons. Do the whole nine wherever you're listening to us at. And if you really like what you hear, you can actually subscribe to our Patreon. We do two more episodes every month. That's patreon.com slash lie, cheat, and steal. That being said, I am here with, uh, not with my, our co-host as normal, not with Cath uh, Barbadoro. I am officially a co-host. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Here with the usurper co-host. Hey, you know, yeah, it is. Sometimes you fill in at a job and that job becomes yours. You, know, <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, guys, Zach Brooks is on the show. We're doing the third and final part to our series, Texas Crooks with Zach Brooks. I want to say, Zach, thank you so much for coming on the show and doing Absolutely. this all for us. It's been fun. And it's I want to really cheers fun. your Houston Oilers mug with my Lone Star mug because this is all about Texas criminals, baby. Let's go. Yeah. And it was criminal what they did to the Oilers. Real talk. Yeah, Kath uh, can't join us today. Kath is in Austin. She's here. She's somewhere. She's running around. I can she's, sense it. She's actually in town. She's in town. Her, I saw her last night, and she was like, yeah, I won't be there. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you are here. Yeah. She's doing actually, so she's somewhere doing, she's doing Master Pancake. Kath is doing real comedy. That's uh, correct. While me and Zach are about to shoot dice in the basement of a liquor store and talk about crooks, so... Yep. Yeah, that's what's happening. Zach, how you been? How's your week been going? It's been good. Yeah. Yeah. Can't complain. Yeah, we usually do a little chop it up here at the uh, chop it up here at the top, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't really know. <laughs> what... Yeah, you know. Yeah. Just living my life. Living your life. Yeah, man. I'm. I'm uh. I, same here. I've been guys. I. I don't know. This will be out after I get back. But I'm about to go do a string of shows in North Dakota, South Dakota, and Nebraska. And January is when you want to go. That's that's prime time for that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Uh, well, guys, yeah. So we're well, excited to get into this because we, we we said so we've covered so far. We covered uh, Titanic Thompson. All right, and that yeah. you guys go back and check that one out. Titanic Thompson is the, I would say like the the consummate professional. I'm trying to like put them all into categories. You have Titanic Thompson being the consummate professional of the group. You have uh, Amarillo Slim, kind of the baby face. Of the group. Yeah, probably the probably the the one that was least criminal. I'll yeah, say yeah, that. yeah, least criminal for sure. The one we're getting into least today, violent. Yeah, yeah. What we're getting into today is one hundred percent a violent criminal. Like that. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, honestly, not even really a gambler. Not even really a gambler. Just yeah. uh, just faci- ran it. Financier a, of gambling. A facilitator. A facilitator of gambling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, guys, we're talking today about Biddy Binion. Benny Binion, you guys, uh, he's the third part of our series. We wanted to focus on these, those like kind of towering figures in Texas gambling. Sure. And that all their stories kind of converge. We'll get into it. The World Series of Poker. Right. Uh, which is, yeah, this is like, that's like the, uh, the Avengers of what we're, of our, uh, our universe that we're building here. Yeah. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all new, better than ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all new nitrogen infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that would be, yeah, this is, I don't know, this might be Iron Man, I guess. In that yeah, yeah, situation. yeah, yeah, <laughs> But yeah, so I want to get right into it. So today we're talking about Lester Binion, Lester Ben Binion, uh, known as Benny. He is a American, uh, like I said, not a gambler, more of an American organized crime figure. 
uh, and uh, and that casino would be owner. Yeah, that yeah, would be <laughs> casino owner. Sometimes horse trader, uh, light uh, rodeo enthusiast. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and, uh, from born in rural Texas in 1904. He was born in a town called Pilot Grove, which, if you go back and look up, doesn't exist anymore. No. Yeah. There's a lot of Texas towns like that. Yeah. And there's a lot of Texas towns, I've lived in Texas my whole life, that I don't know. You can tell me anything. You can be like, man, I live from Dick Knuckle, Texas. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. We're like, where is that? If you say Dallas, Fort Worth, I'll be like, that makes sense. Yeah. If you make it like sound vaguely racist, I'm going to say, I'm from Vitriol, Texas. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, I believe that's the place. I'm from Racial Anger, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dallas, Fort Worth is like an incomprehensible web. Of uh, of Texas cities to me that I just don't know where they're from. Yeah, there's way there's way too many of them. But so we're gonna get right into his story here. So Benny Bidian, um, he was so you, back when he was born, people could just kind of die. Uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was like like childhood. Fine. You weren't guaranteed to make it out of it. And so uh, his parents didn't really. He was a sickly child. Uh, he was born. Yeah, he was born in 19, 1904. Uh, his parents uh, kept him out of school due, due to his poor health. He estimates he never made it past the second grade. Yeah. Yeah. He he yeah. And then um he was still he was sick until he was like ten or eleven. Till the dice the dice found him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. He, gambling pulled him out of his uh his stupor. The dice gods came down. Yeah, the dice like, gods. But you got it, yeah, we'll you're talk. meant for more, Benny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not your time, Benny. Uh yeah, so he was uh, his father was a horse trainer. Yeah. And that was like a bit of an outlaw profession itself. It existed kind of at the edge of society. It wasn't like a standard, regular job that people respected. No. Yeah. And he would tell you, but he, so his son wasn't in school, so he would take Benny with him on his trips. And he got out there. He They said that being outdoors helped, like, kind of heal him uh, on that little journey. But what really did. He just needed a fresh Yeah, he needs some fresh air, man. Just yeah. Get out there. Back in the day, if you had tuberculosis, you moved to New Mexico. You know, that's how yeah. you solved it. Uh, but, yeah, they got him out there, and his, his, his dad would hang out at these, like, you know, livestock shows and rodeos, right. and they would hang out with all these other people in the horse trading business. And it was like, at that point, it was like, uh, it was, he just hung around again, a kid like Titanic Thompson and Amarillo Slim just cooked and gambling. Yeah, absolutely. Cause all those guys were gambling. And horse trading in itself was, uh, like he says, like, you know, I always hustled, so I never really did work. Yeah. So horse trading in itself was hustling. I mean, there was like, like he talks about it in interviews, the way that they would do it is like, so you'd get like windbroken or like bollock horses, which is like a, a respiratory disease that yeah. a horse gets. And then you just try to pass them off as a good, healthy horse. <laughs> like they would do certain things. Like if the horse was like uh, over energetic, like dangerously wild, they'd get cotton balls and they'd soak them in chloroform and put them in the horse's nostrils. <laughs> and then damn. the horse is like chilling out. <laughs> but like on the reverse, if the horse was like a lazy, sluggish, like windbroken, like already used horse, they would put like uh, some pebbles in the horse's ear, which is terrible. Don't ever yeah. do that. But the horse would shake its head around and try Oh, to, so it just looked like it's going it crazy. Look, it looked like a bucking bronco, but it's like, <laughs> it looks like you when you get out of the shower and you got some water in your ear. Yeah, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Where you're just like trying to hop and get that. Out. And so they would do that. Or there was another thing where, like, um, the horses would get so overworked under the harness, harnesses, their muscles would collapse. So they'd, like, make a little hole in their skin and then use, like, a it was like a quail feather or something, but, like, blow up the – and it was just, like, temporarily 
literally blowing air into this Jesus horses. Christ. That, uh, that's like body horror type shit. Yeah, no. I mean, they yeah. did wild things to try to hustle people into yeah. buying His a horse. Was David Cronenberg. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's kind of like, think about like all the things that somebody would do to sell you a car a that's car, about yeah, to yeah. break <laughs> next week where it's like, you drive it around the block and it's good, but once you get it going 55, yeah. it starts oh, yeah. making a noise. Dude, do you remember back when I drove that, uh, that blue car? Which that- one, Pat? Yeah. <laughs> Which one are you about to bring up? It was that blue Dodge Avenger that had racing stripes. Do you remember that? That period? I do remember that. The, like, I bought that car, and a week later, I was driving down 35. It was a brief, yeah. Yeah, and, 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 well, I, and the car lasted for a while, but I was driving down 35, and the fucking sunroof blew out of the top. Yep. Like it was like on a superhero movie, where, like when the superhero lands on the car, rips the top of the roof off, and uh-huh. snatches the criminal out. That's what it felt like was happening to me. I was like, "Fuck, they got me!" You yeah. Know? And then, <laughs> like, and then you call him, and you're like, "Hey, man, this happened." He's like, "Well, did you hit the ejector button?" Yeah, yeah. And you're like, "What?" <laughs> like, yeah, those. I installed one of those. I forgot to tell you, dude. Talking about like criminal stuff, that like my. My own just like janky life dealing stopped me from confronting the 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 car. I was like, man, I deserve this. I just oh, I yeah. just went and got uh, the kind of tape you put windows on with, like for houses, which is super strong tape, uh-huh. and put it back on there, and then reapplied it like every month till the car broke down. <laughs> yep. yep. got I gotta go tape up my car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this is not a one time one off with Pat. I mean, we could literally <laughs> Pat could have a whole Auto Trader magazine full <laughs> of. <laughs> This and all of them say zero total. They're all totaled. <laughs> Something always happens, man. You got to part them out. Yeah, I bought the Volvo C30, the Edward Cullen car. I had the Twilight Mobile. The, and like, and that one, I was driving through a near a construction site, and a piece of errant rebar punctured my oil pan. And I drove five blocks not knowing what had happened, and the shit just seized up on me. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yep, that's yeah. rough. <laughs> Zach, on the other hand, your thing is you just buy cars and never drive them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm a very similar in that way. I'm very similar in the way of not having good luck with cars and yeah. also just being in desperate need of a car and being like, well, what do you want for it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, that seems like a great deal. Yeah. Kind of skeptical, but here you go. <laughs> and then, yeah, next week it's something's messed up with it. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah. So that, that that's just like selling selling those those cars. We we have an episode, uh, uh, a past episode that was really popular about a lady named Rita Crudwell, and she was a city manager in Indiana, and she for like fifteen years was stealing like several hundred thousand dollars a year. And she was doing it to fund a show horse operation. So nobody was like, why does this bitch got these show horses? You make like a hundred grand a year, girl. And she was like, she was stealing a whole bunch of money, lived in yeah. opulence. Uh, her horse business was failing, but she made, she bred the horses that would walk funny. Yeah, I know. Do like little and yeah. apparently there's like legit ways to get the horse to walk that way. But there's also a ton of just horrible ways. Anything you can think. It's like, oh, you want him to step high? I don't know. Set his hoof on fire. You know? Like, like, yeah. 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 No, horses are like people. You can manipulate them in that sense. Yeah. <laughs> I used to have the joke be like, when you're a horse cop, or when you're a cop, you have a choice of having a human partner or a or, horse you can fall in love with. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's also, it never makes sense to me. Like, I don't, like, they guess they use the horses for crowd control. But it's like, come on. You could do, you yeah. could use a bullhorn. You don't need a horse down. <laughs> Town. I was crowd controlled by a horse. It wasn't even a crowd. I was I was coming back to the Velve. Uh, I was you know 
the horse, up. The horse just saw you and was like, damn, that's four people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I was walking back with the film. I got a slice of pizza, and I'm pretty trash. And I was standing there in the street, and they were just getting ready to shut down 6th Street. And they were kind of stunting with the horses, doing a little sideways walks. I never give cops any credit. But my high ass sat there with a slice of pizza. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, I was so into what yeah. was happening. Yeah. You gotta, the horse. I, hey, the horse is just dancing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, the horse yeah. So, isn't so, a cop, necessarily. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the horse is a dancer at heart. And I've always said that. Uh, but yeah, so Benny Binion's dad, he was a horse trader. He got, he kept him, he got him out of there. So you used to know a little more about his early stuff. What was like his first entry into like the criminal world out of the horse trading world? So he started, um, well, it was like intertwined because those guys were always gambling, right? Yeah. All the horse traders would trade their horses, you know, sell these lemon horses, if you will. And then <laughs> motherfuckers go, lemon. <laughs> some lemon horse. And, uh, and then they would gamble all night. And so Benny really started, he was never, he started playing poker. He, was, he said he was never really that good at it. But he kind of became in partners with the guys that were running the games as far as like bringing in guys to the game. So to meet people out in the street, basically like barking, basically like, hey, I got, we got action over here if yeah. you wanna. And so the way he describes it, he was always kind of on the other side of it, where he was never like a gambler that had to like, Learn how to do something crazy, or yeah, he was. This, trust me, you'll see a picture of this guy. Benny Benny is not jumping over any fucking pool tables. Yeah. He's not. I mean, the, yeah, he's not doing a Titanic Thompson by any means. He's not surviving a kayak trip no, like Amarillo Slim. He's not playing golf. He's <laughs> yeah. not an incredible athlete. He's not. Yeah, doing yeah. playing ping pong, world champions. He That's looks not, like he could be related to Louis Anderson. Yeah, like, like if you saw if you like saw a picture of Louis Anderson's family and yeah. like you're just like going through it, you can see all the similar That's facial cousin types. Benny. That's cousin Benny. Yeah, that's cousin Benny. For for sure. Um, but yeah, so he was always kind of on the other side of it. And uh, so he was horse training in El Paso with his dad. Yeah. And so I think when he was... Shout out 915, Northeast. Yeah. I, lived, I lived there for a couple years. And so he kind of like got all of his start gambling-wise into that. And then he just moved to Dallas, which was... Um, popping off at the time. Yeah, yeah. And oh, yeah. Also, we're dealing with our first Dallas guy. Here. Yeah. So, you got to understand, this is a man not raised on HEBs. He has no understanding of Texas culture. Right. <laughs> well, and and I mean, he loved, he saw, he thought Dallas was the best city he'd ever seen, which yeah. I cannot personally back. <laughs> but that's how Benny saw it. Yeah. Um, and it was a it was a crazy place at the time for sure. And uh, he started kind of running. Um, he started doing numbers, just basically a lottery. Yeah, he ran a he. So he ran the the policy bets. Yes. Uh, now, and like I, I should I should have this on hand. Policy bets is it was it three numbers? It's three numbers. Three numbers. And you if you 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 just put in what, whatever three numbers you think it's going to so, be. So no, not necessarily. They would so they would send out they would send out guys, kind of like you know they had them. They were just selling the tickets. Yeah. And so each day it was either printed red, printed black, or printed printed green. So you couldn't really try to swap the numbers yeah. out. Like that was that's obviously two days ago. Yep, yep. But they would sell the numbers, and uh, then they can ma manipulate what got picked. They basically like do like a barrel roll of numbers, yeah. and then it was like the lottery before the lottery. Yeah, that's that, all it if was. you've ever watched a crime movie, like a, a gangster movie, that takes place in the '30s and '40s, there will be one throwaway line where they reference policy bets, mm -hmm. and then and then uh, Hoodlum with Lawrence Fishburne is all about policy bets. Yes, yeah. running numbers was a thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and so yeah, he got he got out there. Um, he was he was taken in by like an older gangster named Warren Diamond. Yeah, and that was uh, that was really where his association with crime like really started. Put him the fast track, kind of like the the graduation. Yeah. Um, 
And he was started bootlegging at that time too, because it was prohibition. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was prohibition. He was a bootlegger. He has a story where he was able to steal a whole bunch of booze out of a cop's evidence locker. Have you heard this one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he basically he was they he got all the cops drunk. Like yeah, they all got drunk and then got while they were drunk stole one of the cops' keys and made duplicate got duplicates yeah. made and then broke into the evidence locker where they kept all the prohibition liquor that they That's such a that A is such a yeah. cool story. B, here's my question. This sounds crazy. Why were those cops drinking liquor if it was illegal? Well, right. That's wild. I don't, I don't know what's Why happening. Why were those cops drinking Benny's liquor when they could have just gone in the evidence cabinet yeah, yeah, and gotten yeah, it yeah. themselves? <laughs> Who knows? This is interesting how his booze connections all came from Mexico. Right. And like when you get into prohibition, you know, you have like on the Northeast, where like in Northeast of Chicago, where we hear like most of these stories come out of these prohibition era stories, everybody's getting from Canada. Right. He was running in from Mexico. Well, because that's the El Paso start. Yeah. So exactly. he had all those connections already. Yeah, yeah. He was already out there in El Paso. So yeah, so he had he'd been taken in by this guy named Warren Diamond, and he kind of he climbs up the ranks. And fucking uh yeah, he's like, yeah, he's been taken by Warren Diamond. He climbs up the ranks with this guy. And he eventually when Warren Diamond Warren put Warren Diamond died, he put him in charge of his uh, of his operation. Yeah, he well, it was basically yeah. He 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 took it over. He started running, um, and that's that's when he started running dice games. Yeah, yeah. He was uh, at the, it was at the St. George's uh, Hotel Casino on Commerce Street in Dallas. Yeah. So he yeah, and he he went to it. There's a place. Uh, there's a place. Uh, actually, I think it's the building might still be there, but it's in Arlington, and it was called the Topo Hill Terrace, and it was like a casino that was super nice. Yeah. And so. Benny goes out there in like 1928, and like Buster Keaton's there, Howard Hughes is there, <laughs> and so they a, a bunch of rich people. Can you bring your mic down? Oh yeah, Sorry, oh man. yeah. It's been bothering the shit out of me. Oh, yeah. you're fine. <laughs> I, was, I was afraid your face. No, okay, no worries. Um, he would uh, he would uh, go to that. He kind of got the inspiration for doing dice games there. He would go to that casino. And um, uh, they would have, like, uh, Murphy bed tables in the basement where you could shoot dice at. And if the cops ever came, there was only, like, one entrance. The other side of it was just, like, thorny bushes, and, like, they just couldn't get up there. So if the cops ever came, there was a tunnel where everybody could go to their cars parked out back and get <laughs> and get out before the cops. yeah. Got in there, and by the time the cop, the, they folded up the tables like Murphy beds into the walls, and then they would all, all the dealers would be sitting around in a circle with Bibles. <laughs> and act that, like they were doing a Bible study. And I know that's like, that's like, like, it seems like a, like a good a good camouflage, but at the end of the day, that's really a fuck you because they know you're not in there reading Bibles. Mm-mm. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you hello. don't have to do the Bible. Thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't have to do that. Huge, that's a slap in the face to law enforcement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's so tight. So when he when he took over, so he got really in. Uh, one thing I thought was interesting was Dallas became a mob town, uh, right. but he was kind of the. Uh, uh, after he took over for for Warren Diamond, he there's like a, 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 a I don't know if it's a, like an apocryphal story if it really happened, but apparently they had like the commission had sat down with the, with the mafia and they were talking about where they can move to next, and one of them was like we could do Dallas, and uh, Benny Binion was like or the, one of the guys stood up was like no we can't do that they got a guy Benny Binion down there he's got killers on his payroll yeah yeah did you hear about the the um, the two. Uh, Texas Texas Rangers that he had on his payroll that he kind of started his operation with. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was uh, uh, Manuel Lone Wolf Gonzalez. 
Apparently, so a a a criminal, uh, a, a basically another another organized crime figure had dropped, had been uh, gotten in trouble and got removed from office. Right. So his wife ran for office, right? And his wife ran for office, and essentially, it, the, the thing was like two governors for the price of one. Basically, like, elect me, you're getting my husband back. Mm-hmm. And he got and he got in there, and they would uh, the essentially they fired all the law enforcement officers. So they fired Manuel Lone Wolf Gonzalez and another guy, and they called up Benny Benny and were like, "Yo, get down here to the Plaza Hotel. We got to talk." And he showed up. The dude was like in his bathrobe, and he's basically like, "We're gonna come work for you." And he thought he's getting strong armed. You know the story, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, so he's like, we work work for you, and he was like, well, look, he's like, he's like, it's gonna be a ninety ten split. He's like, no, I'm not handing my business to you to a ninety ten split. The cop was like, no, 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 you keep ninety, we keep ten, and those dudes became like his hound dogs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah and he, um, that was the thing about Benny Binion is he he had friends everywhere. He had um, friends in the courthouse. He had friends on the cop. Like he just that, and that's that's a big thing about Benny is. He everybody that like testified about him in court or anything always said he was a great dude. Like always was like he's the best. Yeah. But if you crossed him, you were probably yeah. He probably have you killed or of the three guys we've talked about the Texas Crooks and Zach Brooks, it goes. Uh, and so we have Titanic Thompson less likely to kill you. Yeah. Uh, Amaro Slim. Couple guys got fucked up around that guy, but he. Not, I don't think he was yeah, responsible. Yeah, Benny <laughs> Benyon would would just kill Benny Benyon would kill you. It was like it was kind of part of his job to kill you. Yeah, there's there's definitely people that Benny Benyon killed that we don't even. There's he's probably got uh, of documented at least the Benyon family alone has like thirteen or fourteen bodies on him. Yeah, but <laughs> Jesus Christ, who knows how much it actually was. Back in the early 1900s in Texas, you just kill somebody. Yeah, dude, they had like those like those Western laws where it'd be like, well, he questioned my honor. And they're like, yeah. well, it looks like we're done here. Well, yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, I think I'd do the same if my honor was questioned. So yeah, 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 yeah. That's a wrap. Tell the jury to go home. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, already yeah. figured it out. <laughs> Turns out, yeah. Yeah, he called he me a son of a bitch. white. So yeah, that's... yeah. Well, speaking of that, so there's this one that comes up in every piece of material that I watch about Benny Binion. And, and he was actually convicted of murder. He uh, was. He was convicted of murder. In 1931, Binion was convicted of shooting and killing African-American rum runner, rum runner Frank Bolding. Uh, he killed him, quote, cowboy style. Uh, that's how he earned the, he earned the, the origin of Binion's cowboy nickname. But apparently, this dude's running, running booze. So is Binion. Yes. Binion goes to sit down and talk to him. And he ends up, at some point, he ends up pulling out a pistol and shooting uh, shooting um, Bolding dead. Yes. And when questioned about it, he was like, yo, he pulled out a knife. And then like later he was like, nah, he didn't have a knife. Have a knife. <laughs> I was I was just playing. Yeah. He, yeah, he you could just do stuff like that. Yeah. And they were like, Well, why did you shoot him? I'm like, well, we were just arguing. And it's like, well, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's how I get out of arguments. All yeah. right, Benny, it was good seeing you. Yeah. <laughs> you take care. That's pretty much how they handled it, especially with all of his friends and you know. Yeah. The, you can just get away with anything. He claimed self-defense in that one. So he got like he got charged. It was like a public trial. Yes. And, but his boy was the mayor. And yeah. yeah. So like so he gets it was kind of funny. Every piece of media I watched about this really tap dances about how he got away with this. And I know it was back in Texas in the early 1900s. You could get away with stuff. But they're like, yeah, somehow Biddy beat the charge. And now we don't know how he did it. It's like, well, I think the fact that uh, Frank Bolding was a black dude might have had a lot to do with it. Yeah. yeah he was like, it had a whole bunch of do Yeah, with a whole it. bunch to do with it. But yeah, shout out to all these Texas historian YouTube pages, of which I watched a lot. Uh, those are always the fun. Whenever we do like historical research episodes and you get to see what the community who researches the shit looks like. 
And the yeah. Texas ones, they all kind of look like Benny Binion, but less dangerous. Yeah. And they're just like, and Binion's association with the mayor got him out of that one, too. And I'm like, I bet it wasn't just that. It wasn't just that one. Yeah. <laughs> he also had gotten into a shootout when he got a Ben Frieden. And they just, like, emptied their clips into this dude, well, the yeah. revolvers. And then uh, fucking Binion pulls out his gun and shoots himself in the shoulder. Yep. Self-defense. And right throws there. his gun in the dude's lap. Yeah, yeah. And he's like... <laughs> He re- yeah, yeah, he reached for my gun, officer. It just, you know, it just keeps happening. And then later admits that that's exactly how he did it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's time, how we know about it. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, yeah, he didn't have a gun. Yeah. So then it gets like kind of like his longstanding rival. This was still in Dallas, Herbert Noble, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So, so Herbert was like a num- probably like the number two dude in Dallas running dice games and numbers and all of that stuff. And, uh, Benny's already taxing everybody that's doing what he's doing. Like, if you're doing it, you're getting taxed by Benny, and you got to pay it. I think Noble was already getting taxed like 25%, and Benny was just like, really like this spot that Herbert had, and was like, all right, it's going to be 40% now. And Herbert was like, no. Yeah. No, fuck you, Benny. I'm not paying you anything anymore. And it really was like the first dude to stand up to Benny Binion in Dallas. And, um, yeah, Benny tried to have him – he – Eleven, 11 times. It 11 was like a coyote roadrunner like relationship. There was with these eleven guys. attempts. There was uh, car bombs. There yeah. were um, shootings. Yeah, Herbert's yeah. wife died in his car. In his car, That's trying to go up. to Pilates or something. Yeah. Like Herbert, can I borrow your car? And then boom, car blows up. So he loses his <laughs> wife. And then there's pictures of Herbert in a car pulling up to a gas station after it just been hit with buckshot, yeah. like shotgun. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's and he's insane, like, he didn't, Benny didn't get me this time. <laughs> he was laughing about, oh, Benny, you son of a bitch. You might have killed my wife, but Jake killed me. You're not killing old Herbert. Yeah, like at one point, he's driving down whatever became 35, and Benny pulled alongside him on a pair of rocket skates. Yeah, <laughs> like, just, oh, Benny's doing yeah. everything. But then, yeah, then he had painted it. He painted a tunnel into that's a rock, right. and the dude that's like, right. drove right into it. <laughs> well, he eventually got him with a mailbox bomb. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a. So it was a, not necessarily a bomb in the mailbox because they're like, that's not going to work. This dude's invincible. So what it was was a really big bomb buried right in front of the mailbox. <laughs> the, and dudes were hiding in. They had been waiting for like 40 hours. Like yeah. they had set it up. They were waiting for him to come back from out of town. And he pulls up to check the mailbox. And then they got him because he was standing Roughly right under a very big bomb. Yeah, yeah. he just dropped a piano. It wasn't a blast out of the mailbox, but yeah, it was it was a huge thing. Yeah, there's also pictures of the the car that he was in. The bomb wasn't even under the car necessarily, but the whole thing is it's wild. Yeah. Now we can talk about this at this point. Like Benny's on top of the game in Dallas. Like he's just the undisputed king of Dallas. Uh, That's what he like. I said he starts at he starts out the. The, the dice games at the Southland Hotel, which eventually that becomes known as the Southland Syndicate. Yeah, which all, that's a hard ass name. If you told me, if you show me like a like a, a, a rap group from like the early two thousands, it was called, called the Southland the Syndicate. Southland yeah. Syndicate. <laughs> <laughs> I would fuck with that heavy. Yeah, but yeah, so like by nineteen thirty six, he controlled most of the of the gambling operations in Dallas, and I, he had protection from the politicians. He was like Vito Corleone in the, of the way the politicians protected him. He had that yeah, yeah, yeah. like that old school racket, and that was when he began to run the top of the hill terrace in Arlington. The top of the hill. So so that was the club I was talking about earlier that they had the Murphy beds. So he started going there. The owner, um, I'm trying to remember his name, but he uh, 
he uh, had bought it. it was a tea room it was like for rich people it was like a country club basically he bought it and turned it into a gambling den but he was really bad at um managing his money he made it really nice he spent a lot of money on like carpet and brass furnishings yeah. making it Way better than a lot he'll, of He'll end up doing that again in Vegas because Vegas, like, the, 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 the casinos were, like, fucking, like, horse stables, essentially. Right. I mean, gambling back then was, like, associated with just, like, dirty. Like, it wasn't – there was no class to it at all. Yeah. And so he saw that in Top, Old, Top Hill Terrace. And then he um, – uh, the guy the guy who owned it needed loans and got loans from Benny. And when he couldn't pay it, Benny ended up owning, I think, like, 50% of it. And so he kept running that. Um and yeah, that's like a classic, yeah, classic thing. It's like, oh, you need some money. Guess what? Now all this stuff is mine. That's yeah. yours. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, that's that's as monopoly rules. It's a classic <laughs> Sopranos Davy bust yeah. out. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. What yeah. I mean? It's like you owe me money, and now I I'm charging plane tickets to your sporting goods. Yeah, store. yeah, yeah. Get back in your cage. We just living in the fucking yep. tent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess what I'm taking your son's car and I'm giving it to my daughter without even thinking of the repercussions. Yeah, of that yeah, yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> reckless, dude. Oh man, so so at one point he has he has to get out of Dallas because he gets he gets a little too big for Dallas. And essentially, I heard this. So the the impetus was like basically he he was paying off people. He started realizing like, man, how much I'm paying here, I yeah. can just go to Vegas. It was that combined with the heat was more on like people. His original friends were kind of not so much more in power there. And oh, he yeah. felt like that he was on in Dallas as far as like murder charges and yeah, he has been going around telling people he's already been going around telling convicted of murder. Yeah, he's been yeah. going around telling people that's not the way it actually yeah. happened. <laughs> and he never had a gun. So he's like, Maybe I should go to But he's, he's on, he sees an opportunity in Vegas. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, he uh, yeah, he was all the way out. And they say that when he left Dallas, he had a connection to the Kennedy assassination. Uh, essentially, when he left, the mob was like, yo, Dallas is wide open. And as I understand, uh, they sent one Jack Ruby, one sure. Jack Rubenstein down there to be like, hey, go feel this shit out for us. And yep. as far as I he understand. He got caught up in some shit, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. yeah. I, I guess he, yeah, he hit a snag somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> you took the wrong GTA side mission, Jack. <laughs> I don't know yeah. why you took that side mission. Yeah, he made a. Yeah, he t- what he did was he did, a, he did a parlay bet that he's like, I don't think JFK's head will explode when he comes yeah. into Dallas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, yeah, then you know what? Sometimes you lose. Sometimes you lose. Yep. I think his head just did that. That's, that's from that's from last podcast. I stole that. But uh, so yeah, so he moves to Las Vegas, and there he becomes a partner of the Las Vegas Club Casino. But this is gonna haunt him like the rest of his time out there. Licensing conflicts yeah. because. He's just like he's a hundred like he's ne- never able to get a gambling license. Well, you got to remember the dude cannot read. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, oh yeah, you're right, dog. I forgot he can't read. <laughs> he can't read. He hasn't been past the second grade. Yeah. So let's uh, keep this he's in like, mind. You the show whole him a picture time. of a sailboat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or ask him what a triangle is. He's got that. He can that. do association. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but. Well, and, and later people were like, he could read better than he'd let on. But he loved he loved keeping that persona of, like, friendly cowboy, nice guy. Yeah. And he would always take people's credit. And his whole thing was genius, was just taking as much action as he can take. As yep. many bets as somebody wanted a big credit, he'd give it to him. Yeah. Yeah, he went out there. Yeah, that was the one thing he, yeah, he had no limits on his bets. Uh, yeah. He also, he he instituted a lot of, like, the uh, the kickbacks. Like hey, you get a two dollars steak dinner. Hey, you get a, you get a free drink. So he was he was the first guy to first guy 
to open a casino in Vegas that had carpet. Yeah, it was cra- yeah, it was sawdust floors. Yeah, before that, and it's so like you know those that those idiots are like, oh damn, yeah, it would be nice if it wasn't sawdust. We should have so, thought about that. So there's a great story about the opening night of the Horseshoe Casino, the casino that Benny opened. Binion's Horseshoe. Binion's Horseshoe. Um, the name is still out there. Like it's it's there's still a, a horseshoe. Yeah. It's not owned by the same people. Um, I think MGM Grand bought it, but Harris. It was Harris. Was it Harris? Um, fucking Harris. Sorry, <laughs> PTSD from uh, from Harris in New Orleans. If anyone who works at Harris in New Orleans is listening to this, I know what you did. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So there's a great story about the guy who installed the carpet. Uh, it cost Benny like twelve grand, which at the time is a, a lot. Of, yeah, it's a lot of. Money. I mean, it's a lot of carpet. <laughs> the guy, the guy came back and started playing craps on the opening night and gave back oh, exactly God twelve damn. G's. And Benny was like, "Well, no matter what happens for the rest of the night, we already got the carpet paid for." Yeah. <laughs> Man, I that dude just put in so much work on a job. 12, yeah. 12 G's and 12 what? G's. Yeah. And his yeah. wife's like, hey, baby, so I made, I've been thinking, of, yeah, you had that big job. I was thinking we'd go out, we'd get a new car, we put an addition to the house. He's yeah. like, I'm going to go to the opening, though, see how people like yeah, the yeah, carpet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll probably, I'll probably bring, uh, yeah, because well, I got to pick up the money from Benny, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should probably get Benny down just there. pays him in chips, like, have a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, he, uh, so he did the, the $2 steak special. Uh, which I'm just hung up on that because I'm fucking starving right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, he was also the yeah he would offer a hundred times odds at craps. Yes, which is insane. Yes, yeah, uh, and also he used to have a, a big ass horseshoe display with a million dollars encased in glass. And it was like, yeah. hey, this is what a million dollars looks like, and that's the American dream to see a yeah, million dollars. It was a huge hit. I mean, the dude was a genius as far as that goes. I mean, to be the first guy to give people free drinks if they're gambling. Yeah. I mean, come on. That, that, yeah, that's insane. That's a no-brainer. Every time I've gone Obviously to a casino. Yeah, every time I've gone to a casino, I guess I drink too much for well, like. You sure do, Pat. Yeah. <laughs> no, no end of the story. I just I think I drink too much. No, but uh I whenever I'm at a casino, I, I just always end up going and getting a drink. Cause like they wait, they, they can wait. They don't come around like that. Yeah. Also, I'm usually at a slot table. You gotta table. tip them though, Pat. Yeah, I, mean, I tip. I said, like, you know what it is? I'm at a slot table and I'm not really, they're not focused on me. I'm at the nickel slot. You know, they're not bringing That's the drinks true. around. Yeah. The nickel slot. I know what you mean because they bring you a little drink and you just slam it immediately. Yeah. <laughs> I've been there. Yeah. They're like, well, I'm just gonna have to go get another one because no way. I can still see her walking away. Yeah. So, yeah, no it's way. like, girl, you're just gonna wanna get back over here. Um, but, but yeah. yeah, I mean to be and then to be the dude that's like I'm gonna put a million dollars on display, and so many people just showed up to take pictures with it. And he's like, "Well, you want a drink? Well, you got to gamble if you want to." Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just you know, well, you know, people yeah. hooked. <laughs> yeah, they said uh, he would serve a, a chili recipe, or he would serve chili there made from his recipes. He really leaned into the whole cowboy thing. He did. He's like, I mean, I guess like 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 being a cowboy, Vegas is a cowboy town, but at this point they had kind of hid that part of it. Because Vegas, like, uh, yeah. the, the, the whole start of the entertainment industry of Vegas, I don't know if you know this about the divorces. Mm-hmm. So you used to not be able to get a divorce in America. And they were like, there's got to be one place you can do it because, you know, motherfuckers need to get divorced. So Make them go to the desert. Make them go to the <laughs> desert. But the thing was, like, like to skirt, like, purity laws, they were like, okay, you got to be, be here for uh, one week. 
You gotta be here for a week. So they started all these like Western experience tours. So like rich ladies trying to divorce their husbands or vice versa, but go out there and then you can hang out with a cowboy, go ride through a canyon on, on a horse. And then like I think when the the mob got in there, they tried to kind of like push that look out of there a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. Benny came in and was like, nah, baby, it's if not buckaroos, it's all it's all hats and, and hats and, and boots, man. And Benny was the only guy doing that at the time. Everybody else was mobsters. Yeah. Yeah. Um you had uh Lucky and um, Ralstein and yep, all yep. those guys in there, but Benny was forever just the and he he didn't dress sharp. I mean, he just wore like yeah, frump, he, frumpy cowboy. Yeah, he, like, he dressed like Taylor. He dressed like our boy Taylor Downey. You know, what I'm like, Taylor dressed sharper than Benny. Yeah, yeah. like r- wrinkled suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really yeah. pushing the I can't read thing. Yeah. And you're like, wow, what a nice guy. Man, if I was involved in organized crime and I could read, but everybody thought I couldn't, I don't think I'd correct him. I wouldn't correct him. Yeah. I'd be like, damn it, I tried to make it over here for the drug deal, and I couldn't read any of the damn signs. I'd be like, what's that yeah, all about, would, you know? <laughs> I would definitely lean into it. I'd be at the restaurant, and I'd just be like, uh, yeah, can I get the chicken parmesan, <laughs> please? <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't... Yeah, I have no clue what that is. Maybe my friends can help me out. Let yeah. me know what the sides are. I don't know what the sides are. So that way, yeah. I don't know if you guys have macaroni or potato salad. I don't know what's going on. And that way. Is this in French? If somebody's going to kill you, they're, you know, they're clearly going to write it down and slide to their buddy like, hey, let's kill this guy. He can't read. He's going to write down. You're going to be like, I can read. I actually can. He's going to pull off that sawed-off shotgun he always kept like close by. Yep. Yeah, but he was never having a sawed-off shotgun uh, just on deck at all times. Also, an ankle Pistol always he always Hell kept, yeah. he always kept a pistol on his foot, I believe. You know who he looks like? Have you seen the Cohen brothers movie Blood Simple? No, I haven't. Oh, uh, so in Blood Simple, there is a uh a hitman character that looks and dresses like Benny Binion. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was, I was like, but you need to know that. No, I I definitely did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh so yeah, so he's out there. So let's get into what he's what he what he's known for. He, first of all, he's the first guy to bring. Was he the guy that brought poker to Vegas? Right. Yes. The, so he, he didn't just bring dice. Dice was already there. Dice was already there, and that's pretty much all it was. That and roulette. Um, but he he was uh, he brought mainly Texas Hold'em. Yeah, Texas Hold'em. So poker, he brought yeah. he brought Texas Hold'em. There were still card games going on, but they were still like backroom, dingy, sawdust floors. Yeah, degenerate vibe. Yeah, more like yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did, it, so, it wasn't it wasn't something that was like classy or, you know, super encouraged as yeah, far yeah. as that goes. <laughs> but he just saw action, so he just made it better for everybody that did it. Yeah, and he is the, he started the, the whole thing is is the World Series of Poker. Yes, that's his invention. And the, the World Series of Poker, he had bought that out from another organization, correct? Yeah. So there was another. There was it, the World Series of Poker actually started. I mean. The idea of it started in Reno. There was a guy in Reno that was um, basically hosting get big stakes games with uh, classic poker dudes. Um, that was kind of a tournament style winner take all. And people started like he went out to one of them. People were like standing around watching it like it was entertainment. You yeah. never seen anything like that. And so um, him and Amarillo Slim, I believe, was one of the first guys. They all got all of the big poker players together, and they started the World Series of Poker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, 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 uh, our our boy Titanic was there too, as well, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And this is Titanic was kind of 
he was old at that point. He was yeah, old he, he's older. Than, he's older than the rest of them. Yeah. Yeah, he was because he was born in like eighteen. I don't know something old, and um, yeah, at that point he showed up kind of just to be a face there. Yeah, yeah. So he, uh, yeah. So, so in 1970, he would arrange heads up matches between high stakes players. He played No Limit Texas Hold'em. Players competed for cash at the table. Uh, he had introduced all these things about like the ten thousand dollar buy in, and uh, just really like like br- you know brought brought the money. The, the thing that would legitimize that sit and put it out into the uh, into the world. He kind of got all that all that started. Um, so yeah, he he did have a few, obviously some legal troubles. He did uh, he did serve time in Leavenworth Penitentiary. Yeah, for tax evasion. Yeah, tax evasion fifty four to fifty seven. Thing to go to jail for. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're in the Capone Club at that point. Right. It's, yeah. Yeah. So like yeah, things would wind down eventually. Like he he you know, he lost uh uh lost control of the horseshoe casino, like we said, Harris bought it. Uh but he did remain like he maintained that the kind of like that Vegas celebrity thing where they'd kind of bring him in to be the face of, the face of stuff for a while. Absolutely. He definitely was a thing where he had to sell off he got in trouble a bunch. I mean the government came after him, they wouldn't stop. He had to sell off a bunch of the horseshoe, basically kind of ran it behind the guise of being the manager of like whatever and yeah. not being the owner, but still being the owner. Yeah. Um, and then his sons ran it for a long time. His son, I texted you about this the other day. His son, Ted Binion, got was, murdered. Yeah. Got murdered. I was listening to a Dateline episode mm-hmm. and it was like, it's in Vegas. This, mm-hmm. this rich kid, like this playboy, this Vegas royalty. And they were like, Ted Binion. And I was like, that can't be. And it was. Yeah. His son it's, got murdered by had, his wife, right? He had two sons, Jack Binion and Ted Binion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jack Binion, I see on all the documentaries and stuff. Like he's yeah. still kind of a face for the thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, he he's. From everything I've read about Benny Binion, people have always been like, he was a good, he was a good dude. Yeah. Like they talk about the fucked up shit he did, but the, for some reason they're still rooting for the dude. Yeah, still rooting for the guy. I mean, like I feel like he left his violent tendencies away, uh, behind when he moved to Vegas. He a little bit. started trying to realize he he started realizing that he couldn't keep getting in trouble. Yeah, he's like, man, I can't go ahead and tell people how I got away with murder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should probably. It's now the 70s, yeah. really thinking about that. <laughs> they got cameras and shit. Yeah, he made it all the way into our lifetimes. I don't know about you, but he, I, he, I, we, me and him shared the planet for about four years. Yeah, no, I don't, what, what, he died in what, 89? 89, yeah. yeah. He died I on Christmas. in 90. Yeah, yeah, oh man, yo, was that meme where it's like, you know, uh, like, yeah. Well, yeah, born, uh, died in 1989, born in 1990, welcome back, Benyon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, another, another thing I, I want to mention that he was part of, uh, that it was he, because, you know, he was, so, for a guy that never gambled, he had yeah. the World Series of Poker, and for a guy that never, uh, that never rode a horse. See, he's he's the Poker Hall of Fame, and he never rode a horse. He's also in the Rodeo Hall of Fame because he moved the National Finals Rodeo to Las Vegas. Yep. Yep. Well, and his whole idea with um, World Series of Poker, too, was um, it was a big thing of uh, getting all of everybody together at one time. So that's also when they did the golf tournament where they would bet a lot. Yeah. And then – he grouped it together at the same time, where it's like right around the same time as the rodeo. So it's like he's getting all of these gamblers from different areas and bringing them all to Vegas to like just keep that action going. Yeah. It's like no yeah. matter what happens during the day, at night they're going to come out and they're going to gamble with me. The same the same way that like Amarillo Slim had to hit the road to go make money. It's like obviously you're going to make money gambling. You know, like if you're going to make money gambling or making money off gambling, you really got to be pounding the pavement. Like, you know, uh, Amarillo Slim, 
uh, you know, him and those other two dudes hit the road. They started playing games. And this dude was like, no, I got to keep people coming in. I think he really understood the concept of that. Yeah. Which probably, like, I, he, I know. He was all customer service is what he was. <laughs> yeah. He was providing you, a service. And, yeah, I mean, if you crossed him, he might you might kill, kill you. you. Or if you got caught, like, cheating or counting cards, they it wasn't. It wasn't, they fucked your ass up. Yeah. They, they, they like took you out back and like beat you silly. Yeah. And uh, never got in trouble for any of that stuff. But it's, yeah, that, he was definitely that strong arm technique of if he doesn't like you, yeah, he's going to get you. But yeah, if everybody you at, loves him. If you look at it now, part. like Vegas is, you know, Vegas is now like, it's almost like they've weaponized customer service. Yeah. You know, and when he got there, it was. You know, buildings that used to be fucking stables, they had sawdust floors. It was, you're coming here to gamble, that's why you're here. We're not drawing you in with anything. You're just coming here to gamble. I think he was, I think he was, I would say he got the ball rolling on the idea of, like, let's make this a consumer experience. We get people out here, start dropping that money, and next thing you know, you just got this insane hole in the desert where people just pour money into. Yep. Um, Yeah, he did, Benny Binion. Did pass away. I would point a fact is that that he did uh, own a horse named the N word. You heard about this? I don't, I don't think I knew about yeah. that. <laughs> I don't think I knew about that. Every guy that we've covered in this series has all this cool shit about him. They got like one, like one, well, I guess, I guess like one it, big glaring, yeah, yeah, one big issue. glaring fact. Not, that's not cool. that cool. Not yeah. cool, Benny. Yeah. Not uh, cool. Yeah, yeah. He had, but they said that while he had that, they they. In retrospect, they like retconned it and called it Benny Binion's Gelding. But it was definitely the N-word, and it won the National Cutting Horse Association Championships from 46 to 48. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that league got integrated a lot quicker <laughs> than the others. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, man. Well, Benny Binion, he did die on Christmas 1989 in Las Vegas of heart failure. I mean, the man had some jowls, so I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, that seems about right. Yeah, and so the uh, Amarillo Slim, the focus of our last episode, suggested an epitaph. He said he was either the gentlest bad guy or the baddest good guy you've ever seen. Yep. And I think that's a uh, a correct summation of uh, of Benny Binion's time here on this planet. Absolutely. So, Zach, thank you so much. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, this has been incredible. Yeah. Uh, great series. It's been really fun. I think we. Yeah. I was, I'm glad we got a chance to get get you in here. We are going to be shooting uh, the dice game segment. Um, I'm not sure yet on how we're going to include that in the episode. If it's going to be the video, so we're going to do a sign off. Who's going to sign off? And yeah. Do, so, so we, we yeah. got I know you guys don't want to listen to us shoot dice. You know, like they, I think they do. That. I think they do, Pat. I think they do. Well, this is not the audio. It'll be out there. We can do what we want with it, but I do want to do a proper sign off yes. before you just hear fucking dice hitting felt. But yeah, in honor of uh, of Benny Binion, the, the, the much promised dice game we talked about is going to be happening right here. Right now. So if you guys are listening to this, check out our YouTube. That'll probably be the better way to go about it. Uh, yeah, I would say. Sure. So yeah, Zach, thanks for coming on. You got anything you want to anything you want to plug? Uh no. Gam- yeah. Gambling. Gambling. Just, yeah, just gamble. Just yeah, put yep. somebody down or something. Feel something. Yeah, guys. Uh it's gonna be coming out in February. I'm gonna be hosting with Pat Dean. Uh this is this is fresh off the presses. I got this pre- I got this text before I came here. Me and Pat Dean of Velveeta Room fame are going to be hosting Pat Fest 2024 at the Velveeta Room on Friday, uh, uh, February 23rd at 10 o'clock. So 
that's going to be fun. Check out for that. Uh, guys, yeah, like I said, if you guys like what you heard, you can find us online. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Light Sheet Steel Podcast. We are also on YouTube at Light Sheet Steel Podcast. You can find us on our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Light Sheet and Steel. We really are big on this Light Sheeting and Stealing part. Guys, thanks for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoyed this series. Uh, let us know what you thought in the comments. If you got some stuff that we missed or some comments you want to throw in, we've been appreciating the feedback. Uh, that being said, yeah, guys, thanks for tuning in. Zach, thanks for being here. Absolutely. Shout out Kath, who is not in a uh, liquor store basement shooting dice right now, but is actually doing real comedy. And we love you. This is real. Thanks for tuning in. Guys, be safe, be smart, but above all, don't get caught.